Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation today, we have Gregory Beischer, the president, director, and CEO of Millrock Resources, along with Chris Van Treek, senior project geologist. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maurice. Thank Glad you. to be with you again. Yeah, thanks. Glad to have you both on the program to discuss an important announcement made today that may be quite significant for Milrock Resources. But before we begin, Mr. Beischer, for first-time listeners, who is Milrock Resources? Well, sure, Maurice. Uh, Milrock is a project generator company, uh, Alaska's home base for a lot of us. And so we explore there, and we also explore in uh, Sonora State, uh, northwestern Mexico, as well as uh, the state of New Mexico in the southwest uh, U.S. So we come up with early stage exploration projects, and then we make uh, agreements with uh, other exploration and mining companies to share the risk uh, uh, that's involved in early stage drilling. And the whole objective is to keep a systematically exploring, continuously exploring company that uh, over time will make big discoveries that drives up Millrock's share price without uh, continuously diluting shareholders, as with most exploration companies. Beginning in Mexico, please introduce us to the Millrock Project Portfolio. Well, sure. In the Sonora State, in the northwestern part of Mexico, Millrock holds uh, roughly uh, a tent. Pretty uh, advanced uh, exploration projects, uh, primarily focusing on orogenic uh, gold deposits, uh, of which are some great examples in Sonora. For example, a Herradura deposit, uh, multi-million ounce, uh, probably around 9 million ounces, uh, one of uh, Newmont's uh, leading mines. So um, it's the right part of the world to be looking for these large gold deposits. Additionally, we target copper there, porphyry copper, in the sort of world-class uh, Cananea La Caridad belt, uh, just south of the Arizona porphyry belt, uh, probably southern extension of the same cluster of porphyry uh, deposits. So we like these type of deposits that can be uh, exceptionally large and uh, great metal producers. Explore in the state of New Mexico, which is opened up as a, a much more open jurisdiction to mining. Uh, we acquired uh, several years ago now uh, a uranium deposit in that state. Uh, we've uh, sat on it uh, for these years without doing much work, biding our time until the uranium price improved. Turns out this uranium deposit also has a lot of vanadium in it, and uh, potentially both metals could be mined together. So uh, just recently now we're starting to get calls uh, uh, as people learn that we own this project. So I'm pretty sure sure we'll be able to make an agreement on it sometime soon. Uh, we also have a gold uh, project in, in New Mexico and uh, uh, lining up partners as, uh, as we speak. So uh, happy to be uh, in that jurisdiction, but uh, home base is uh, Alaska, where uh, we've got uh, quite a number of uh, uh, gold and copper projects that uh, have active exploration ongoing right now. And gentlemen, let's stay in Alaska, shall we? And in particular, I want to focus on seven claim blocks owned by Millrock Resources, which may be direct beneficiaries regarding a press release issued today by neighboring Northern Star Resources, where they just released some exceptional exploration results on their Pogo 
Goldmine. Chris, I'd like to welcome you to the conversation. You're the senior project geologist on the Pogo West. Please take us to the Pogo Gold Mine and show us where it is in relation to Millwork Resources Pogo West. We are going to be in Interior, Alaska, right next to the Pogo Mine, uh, literally right next to the Pogo Mine. As photos from our property, uh, you can see the mill uh, right here, and this is from the last drilling campaign uh, by the, uh, the junior company that had it prior to Mill Rock. And so that's the, uh, the Pogo Mill right there. So we are right across the river um, from Pogo proper. And uh, I'm, through uh, the presentation, you'll see that current exploration on the mine property is getting closer and closer uh, to the Pogo Mine, which was very recently purchased from Northern Star. Uh, a fair price, but it ended up equaling about $69 an ounce uh, that they had to find already. But it's been a, a great asset for Sumitomo and now Northern Star. Uh, 12 years of production, uh, nearly 4 million ounces produced, and, and easily another 4 million ounces that they have in their reserve and resource prior to the update that they said they'd be releasing uh, later this year based on their new drilling and the latest press release. So things are, are, are really ramping up there, and it's been a, a great asset for those two companies. And Northern Star felt very uh, highly of it. And some of their promotional material, they, they placed it as one of the, the third uh, highest grade uh, mines in, in North America. And uh, they felt it was the eighth largest gold mine in the United States based on its, its production and, and contained ounces. Just to place you at where we are in Alaska, um, the Tantina Gold Belt is outlined in yellow, and that's has some of the more uh, prolific uh, deposits in Alaska right now. Pogo now topping about 8 million ounces of contained gold. Some others, Fort Knox is up at 13 million ounces. And of course, uh, the Gargantuan Donlin Creek at 45 million ounces, as well as some smaller deposits that are still being explored heavily in the Yukon that I'm sure you're aware of there, coffee and white gold and, and brewery creek. Chris, can you provide us with some additional context on the geology at the West Pogo Good Pasture region? Geologically, the Good Pasture district, which contains Pogo, uh, is a nice chunk of the crust that's broken up by a number of, of very large faults that are all related to the uh, Tintina Gold Belt faults. And so the Denali Fault would be down here. That's the southern boundary of the Tintina Gold Belt and the Tantina Fault is up here. And so it's in an area of metamorphic rocks that have uh, some very nice granitic intrusions in them, which would be the source of the fluids for the Pogo mine. Chris, what can you share with us about the existing infrastructure? A little zoom in there. Uh, it's fantastic access and infrastructure with the Pogo mine road running through the claim block. Uh, we have the permit to travel on that road. It's a nice claim block, good size, 7,500 7, hectares. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, it's adjacent to the Pogo mine. We've got the good data coverage. And just a quick look at what the Pogo mine uh, is in the geologic model. This is a schematic cross-section. The Pogo mine itself is exploiting and beneficiating these low angle 
quartz veins right in here, as well as these high angle veins. So the uh, theory is, is that the fluids from the plutons travel up those steep faults and enter into the uh, shallowly dipping faults, and that's where they uh, have the, the gold veins in both the steep faults and the shallow faults. And there are quartz vein with a small amount of sulfide minerals, pyrite, arsenopyrite, and as well as some bismuth minerals. And so arsenic and bismuth, along with gold, are the fantastic pathfinder elements that we have at the surface. Those allow us to look at the soil samples and the uh, rock samples at the surface and try and zone in on where the mineralization would be at depth. And so the surface features would be these high angle, steep faults intercepting the soil profile up in here. These here are the projections of the pogo veins from the subsurface brought up and displayed on the surface. And so these are the areas they're mining, South Pogo, Lisa, North Zone, East Deeps. And then here are those uh, large faults that break up the rocks and move them around. So the West Pogo area would be just off the image right here. And this is the new good pasture exploration zone that Pogo is working on, which was a portion of their latest press release. This is a cross section, once again, looking towards the Northeast. And here are some of those high angle steep veins and their interpreted mineralized halo. Both these and the shallow dipping faults contain veins that are being uh, mined right now at the Pogo mine. And an important thing to point out on these is these steep faults tend to move the northwest side of the fault up relative to the southeast side, which would then bring this mineralization in the low angle faults closer to the surface. And that's been repeated uh, throughout the district and is a real boon to the Mill Rock properties. Here's a picture from the mine and we're looking down the trace of the mine. A lot of the cross sections we're going to be looking at are along this direction right here. So we'll be looking across and looking back at this direction. The latest exploration on Pogo is across the river and right adjacent to our claim block. And so these lands over here are mill rock controlled and these are the Pogo lands here. In 2017, they made a fantastic discovery of another vein of mineable width on the other side of the river there, the Good Pastor vein. Uh, had uh, very, very nice thicknesses, and it dips in the same direction of previous veins. They made this discovery based on a reinterpretation of their subsurface imaging that they use a resistivity method called CSAMT, Controlled Source Audio Magnetotellurics, to image conductive properties of the rocks. They decided that the break right here in the conductive properties of the rocks represented the base of a vein, 
And the drilling in 2017 revealed this low angle vein that the 2007 drilling uh, didn't reach uh, because they didn't have this reinterpreted imaging. The vein that they in intercepted, a low angle vein, quartz, gold, arsenopyrite, and it had a very nice mineable width of 5.3 meters at 60 grams. Uh, so this is very similar, nearly identical to what was being mined already in the Lisa veins, uh, South Pogo, East Deeps, North Zone, on the eastern side of the river. Now on the western side of the river, they have uh, the nearly identical mineralization with the exact same orientation. So they're very excited that the vein system that they've been mining for 12 years exists on the west side of the river. Just going to turn this section right here, which was looking towards the west. Just going to rotate it, and now we're going to be looking northeast. And this is in order to uh, put it into context with this cross-section that was released just this morning. Uh, as we talked about South Pogo, Lisa Zone, uh, Fun Zone is this area in here on their plan map. So this would be looking down over the mine, uh, right about where the laser pointer is. You, the river is uh, visible in the uh, satellite imagery. And the river flows uh, right over this area right here if we would be looking down at this cross-section. But this is a northeast view. Once again, these high-angle steep faults bring the northwest western side up. There's a number of these. They're always bringing that side up, which is... Chris, if I may interrupt you, with the shift in the fault zones, how does that benefit Millrock? ...the mineralization closer to surface. This area here is a big part of their latest press release. They're calling it the central load system. And they feel that it's a significant extension of both the Lisa zone and fun zone vein sets within the same overall large, uh, mildly dipping faults that contain these veins. That cross-section from the previous slide is placed geographically correctly right here. And it shows the same thing now that I rotated it to be in the same view as this one, is that the good pastor vein is also uplifted on the other side of what they're calling the good pastor structural zone, which is another one of these steep faults that will be shown on some of the other slides. And so uh, the same uh, process that is bringing things up all throughout the district is at work over here on the western side of the river, adjacent to the Miller Rock Claims. Here is that line that we were looking at basically from this direction right here, looking northeast. There's the mine and once again, the outlines of, of their uh, vein uh, at depth. These red lines represent those steep faults that make uh, and, and bring the northwestern side up relative to the southeastern side. And this, would fall, this red line represents that good pastor structural zone. The good pastor prospect that has been explored aggressively by Pogo in the last two years uh, is in between two other 
two of these large, um, steeply dipping faults. And so it's a fairly contiguous block, and it's about the same distance between the Good Pasture structural zone and the South Pogo zone. And so this matches very well uh, geologically with what we would expect to see on these high angle faults. Um, here is the claim boundary and the latest exploration road is very close to our, our claim boundaries. Uh, within 420 meters of our claim boundary now, uh, not only an exploration road, but also some of their uh, large drill pads and, and their drilling in the area. Does Northern Star Resources have any drilling plan this year near Millrock's claim blocks? So they are exploring very close. They've got some drill holes planned uh, for this year in the summertime within 90 meters of the claims boundary uh, right here in the north. And so Pogo is knocking at the door of the Millrock claims of their exploration. The area right here is what they're calling their central load, and that's uh, what was in the press release that came out this morning. And so this area right in here is where they uh, have released their new spectacular results and uh, near definition of resource, subsequent definition of resource uh, coming this uh, August from the press release. You know, from a real estate standpoint, um, Mill Rock is very well placed uh, within uh, what's going on with the Pogo mine exploration. And we feel that the rest of our uh, geologic knowledge in the area, as well as the information purchased from other parties, uh, leads me to believe that those veins uh, extend onto the Mill Rock properties. Northern Star Resources had an active drill program near the Mill Rock claim blocks last year. Do we know any of the results? And also, do we know what their aspirations are in the area for 2019? Photos in September of their exploration in that area. Um, very large drill pads, large rigs, drilling multiple drill holes in these areas here. Here's their 2019 planned holes. They said they were going to start these in February, so they could well be underway as we speak. Uh, they are drilling off what appears to be a substantial resource of those low-angle veins in this area here. Once again, just to remind you, 5.3 meters at 60 grams per ton uh, drilled and released in this area here. No other drill results for any of this drilling uh, has, has been made public as of yet. But they are getting closer and closer to our claim boundary in this trajectory right here. This is from a photo from our claims looking back to the mine. And here is that good pasture structural zone that they've named it. And so right now they've defined uh, their new central loads would be filling this area basically from their road here uh, to this structural zone where they've defined basically a new extension of the mine right up to this fault. And they're getting ready to go and, and um, move some headings into there and continue to explore that from underground. So they're moving mine infrastructure from the Lisa zone, which is under this hill, uh, right up to this structural zone. And as I mentioned, the good pasture prospect 
is just the other side of that and has actually had the veins that are being explored for in the area brought closer to the surface uh, because of the uh, the faults and how they always bring the northwestern side up very close to our claim boundary. This image with the, the pinks and blues on it is a magnetic uh, survey image that the state survey ran in 2000. Uh, here are the pogo veins brought to surface. And the thing to note is that these veins occur outside of this purple magnetic high within a magnetic low relative to, to the rest of the area. Um, there are more of these on the other side of this large high angle fault throughout the Mill Rock claim boundary as well as here in the Good Pasture Prospect. And this is the area they're drilling in right now, uh, predominantly in this magnetic low. Uh, that's very similar to what they have on the north side of their mine. They've got a diorite within the mine that's magnetic. And there's one on the Mill Rock Plains that's magnetic as well, with the same magnetic low surrounding it. So from a geologic standpoint, um, these are nearly identical features. The fact that they're drilling in this one here, as well as this mag low to the north, uh, lead me to believe that the geologic model at the mine is readily applicable on the other side of that high angle steep fault called that they're calling the Good Pasture Structural Zone. So I feel that the Mill Rock claims are very highly prospective for the extension of the vein. Placing our soil and rock samples on top of the magnetics to illustrate how in those areas of magnetic <coughs> we have great gold samples and they are oriented more or less in a northeast-southwest fashion, uh, which is the same as what's going on over here on the mine property. They have a northeast-southwest orientation to their gold and soil sample uh, eyes. And we've got the same thing over on our property. These are most likely caused by unmapped, deeply dipping faults, such as this one here, which helped those fluids from the uh, magmatic intrusion at depth uh, get them to the surface into the soil profile. Arsenic has a coincident anomaly, and so does bismuth. And so our pathfinder elements that match the pogo mineralization of gold and arsenopyrite with bismuth minerals are all present on the Millrock properties. Let's add some geometry to the discussion. Uh, this here is the uh, location of that good pasture uh, vein, the 5.3 meters at 60 grams. 
They said the vein was oriented with a strike of 240 degrees and a dip of 35 to the northwest. Plotting that strike line, this would be where the vein would be the same elevation all the way across. Uh, brings us very close to past drilling in our area. Past drilling uh, was situated in that area of fantastic gold and soil and rock anomalies that are all um, showing the interaction of those steep faults that carry the fluids with the soil. The vein intercepted within these drill holes have been narrow quartz arsenopyrite veins. Um, in the assays returned good arsenic bismuth silver. They have the same style of alteration uh, of pogo there. And the angles intercepted in there uh, would indicate that these veins are steep, steeply dipping. So exactly along the model lines of the steeply dipping faults, bringing the fluids up towards the surface. All of those faults have been intercepted in these drill holes. The difference uh, between here and what's going on at Pogo is that these drill holes did not get deep enough to intersect those shallowly dipping veins, uh, such as over here in this hole here of 5.3 meters at 60 grams. That's uh, due to the higher elevation where these drill holes were collared, as well as the dip along this vein. The deepest hole over here, uh, the very end of the hole, uh, only got down to 350 meters above sea level. The vein was intercepted over here at 230 meters above sea level. So with all things being consistent, this hole ended 120 meters vertically above where we would expect to see the flat veins. To bring this back into the Pogo model, the exact same thing happened on the Pogo property in 2007. They drilled, they intercepted steeply dipping veins that contained gold, arsenopyrite, bismuth. They did not reach the flat-lying veins. The hole did not go deep enough. The same thing has been went on on the West Pogo claims. Once again, the drilling so far at West Pogo has just gotten into the top of these steeply dipping veins. I believe that the shallow dipping veins are there at depth, that the soil and rock anomalies at the surface coupled with the drilling show that we haven't reached the depth of those flat veins to date, and that a uh, few holes of deeper drilling could readily uh, intersect uh, these veins at, at the depth and an extension of the, the mine mineralization on the Mill Rock claims. Just to kind of do a little cartoon drawing of this, this would be one of the steeply dipping veins slash faults. It comes off of the main vein area of shallow dipping. The fluids came up, 
And right here is where they would have created the so high gold and soil, arsenic and soil, bismuth and soil. If we were to drill from those same locations uh, on the West Pogo claims where we know we have these high angle veins, uh, a near vertical hole would have to go down about uh, 600 to 700 meters to hit this mineralization. But I feel confident that it's there. It's just a matter of getting down to the correct elevation intersect uh, those those areas so the what initiatives will Milrock take to de-risk the west pogo property would be to do that imaging along these uh black lines here in order to do the same style imaging the csamt or resistivity imaging over this mag low that also has the good gold and rock samples on top of it that would be one way to de-risk it in order to know the depth you need to drill to in order to find the extension of this mineralization that's on the uh, the Pogo claims. Uh, this is just a, a photo, and it should be a video of their new exploration road. This right here is their new road that they're most likely using right now to move drill rigs and water trucks up over to their new drill area just off the image here. Um, the Mill Rock claims are this area right here. And so once again, their exploration road is within 400 meters of our claim block at the moment. And they're drilling within about a kilometer of the claim block. Just our summary slide. We feel that the West Pogo property has not uh, been explored properly to depth. It's got the exact same magnetic signature as the mine proper. The surface geochemistry and the drill hole geochemistry have all the attributes uh, to indicate that mine style mineralization is located on the property. The mine is currently exploring right against the claim boundary and we've got established access with the mine road running right through the property. And so very, very positive uh, factors for the West Pogo property. Gregory, this may be premature, but should we continue to have favorable outcomes such as today's press release? How does this impact Millrock strategy? Well, I think one of the more remarkable things about the uh, statements from Northern Star today is the exceptional grade of the drilling intersections uh, that they, they've uh, discovered uh, at this uh, Central Loads area. And we're pretty sure they're finding similar things at their new Good Pasture Discovery, uh, which is very close to Mill Rock's West Pogo project. You know, uh, if uh, an ore body of that uh, grade uh, does trend right on to Millrock's claims, I think it's going to make a tremendous uh, difference in, in the price of Millrock's stock. We're trading today around 10 cents Canadian, and I think uh, um, just uh, uh, fortuitously, if uh, that deposit comes onto our claims, it's going to make a big difference for our company and for our shareholders. Have stuck rigorously to our uh, business model uh, over the 12 years uh, we've been in operation. We've always got a partner on a project before it got to the drilling stage. Now, 
right now we're faced with uh, the possibility that our uh, neighbor, Northern Star at Pogo, has discovered uh, an ore body uh, that comes right on to our claims. And so uh, we might take a different view at this point since we presently have not made an agreement on the claims and we own it 100%. So um, it's possible that we would actually pursue this claim ourselves, but uh, it's not determined yet. And in fact, uh, right now, our best uh, strategy is to wait and see what Northern Star has discovered. Uh, eventually, they'll tell us uh, more uh, about uh, their good bastard discovery. Uh, what they announced today was really interesting. I think they're going to make a fortune uh, from their purchase of, of the Pogo mine. Uh, they're great miners and great explorers, clearly, and, and they've had some great success uh, of finding uh, the, the new central loads area. Uh, but we know there's more further to the northwest, and uh, there's likely to be gold in our claims, too. So um, our strategy for now is to stand pat and uh, wait for more information, uh, which is uh, not uh, our usual way of doing things. Usually we're charging ahead full, full steam. But right now we're going to uh, bide our time and watch, wait, and see what happens. Okay. To this discussion, how do the prices of gold, silver, copper, and uranium fit into this narrative? Well, uh, certainly Milrock has exposure uh, to all of these metals. Uh, I know that uh, the uh, price of gold seems to have a large effect on availability of capital for junior explorers. When the price of gold is strong, there's lots of capital available. It doesn't matter if you're looking for copper. It often seems to have a lot to do with the price of gold. So we've seen good uh, increase in gold price lately. Uh, everything I'm reading uh, says that uh, uh, gold's going to march up even higher and silver will go with it. I hope they're all right about that and uh, that we'll soon have a, a really favorable market uh, in the coming years for those metals. Uh, longer term, I'm a huge believer in copper. Uh, I, I just know it's going to be a metal in huge demand. And uh, we're happy to be looking for copper now uh, to, uh, uh, for the future. And uh, uranium, well, it's uh, been in the down cycle a long time, but I've sure seen uh, some active bull markets in that metal uh, over the years. And uh, uh, if there's another one coming, uh, Milrock and its shareholders are really going to benefit uh, by virtue of the uranium deposit we own in New Mexico. Switching gears, Gregory, what do you see as the biggest challenge for Milrock Resources and how do you mitigate that situation? Well, uh, right now our biggest challenge is uh, financing. Uh, you know, we're in a, a short uh, cash position. Uh, and so uh, how do we mitigate that? Well, the best way we can do it is to get more funding partners on our projects. And so we're on a real push uh, to get that done right now. Uh, we've got uh, deals that look like uh, they're imminent uh, in Sonora and in Alaska. Uh, so that's the best way. Uh, ultimately, we may have to uh, raise uh, funds through an equity financing uh, again soon. Uh, so those are the Milrock's challenges right now, but I think there's good solutions for them. Milrock uh, presently has a, a pretty low share count, uh, all of which is in quite solid hands. There's 67 million shares outstanding at present. What did I forget to ask? 
Well, I don't know if it's something you forgot to ask, Maurice, but maybe something I forgot to mention. Uh, you recall that Milrock uh, had acquired uh, several great properties in British Columbia uh, some years ago, and last year we rolled them all into a new company called Sojourn Exploration and found a great management team for that company. They had their own projects. And uh, so Milrock's a big shareholder of Sojourn Exploration. Uh, those shares are worth uh, money right now, which uh, helps Milrock shareholders. And uh, we own royalties on the three of those projects. So um, we've reviewed uh, internally with Sojourn uh, all those projects recently. And it's just a great portfolio. And I know uh, that team is going to have great success attracting other companies to fund uh, drilling on them and, and make discoveries. So uh, this uh, could be a, a real winner for Millrock and its shareholders. Mr. Beischer, for someone listening that wants to get more information on Millrock Resources, please share the contact details. Uh, sure, you can just Google us, uh, millrockresources.com, uh, and uh, Melanie Henderson, uh, in charge of investor relations, will be glad to talk to you or put you shareholders in direct touch with me. And as a reminder, Milrock Resources trades on the TSXV, symbol M-R-O, and on the OTCQX, symbol M-L-R-K-F. Milrock Resources is a sponsor of Proven Improbable, and we are proud shareholders of Milrock Resources for the virtues conveyed in today's message. And last but not least, please visit our website, provenimprobable.com, where we offer mining insights and bullion sales. You may reach us at contact at provenimprobable.com. Gregory Beischer and Chris Van Treek of Millrock Resources. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.